755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's 755 is real and we are back. Back in action. <laughs> Happy to have uh, Eric O'Flaherty, my co-host out in Seattle, the former Braves reliever. Eric, man, black to have, glad to have you back in the fold. Glad you were uh, able to get through uh, <laughs> your situation, dude. How yeah. you doing? I'm great, man. It's uh, it's snowing out here in Seattle, so people are. Uh, it's actually kind of nice because there's no traffic on the road, but uh, the, the city it's snowing, thinks it's like, man. Yeah, the city I didn't know just you got much falls snow. apart. We don't. We get it like once or twice a year, and there's a ton of hills and stuff. So, uh huh. Every it's just like Armageddon here. It's kind of cool though, because if you have a four wheel drive, you'll be one of the only ten cars on the road. Yeah, well, it's like here, Snowmageddon, but yeah. Crippled the, it cripples the city every time there's an ice storm here, although we're a little more prepared now. But anyway. Atlanta Dude, cripples when uh, it rains, man. People think they're going to slide off the road in the rain. Yeah, they can't drive. Yeah, yeah. Well, But it's good to have you back and uh, and uh, just in time, too, because, Jesus, man, all hell has broken loose in baseball, over the, yeah. not just around baseball, but with the Braves in the last 48 hours. So, so much to talk about, so much controversy and news swirling around the game that we love with managers of the 2017 and 2018 World Series champions and the GM of one of them, all either fired or forced to resign over <laughs> over signs over signal-stealing scandals and with the Astros already stripped of their top two draft picks in two upcoming drafts and the Red Sox facing the hammer that Commissioner Rob Manford laid on the, on the Astros earlier this week. The Red Sox are going to get it soon enough. Once the investigation into their sign stealing scandal is completed, man, Oof. uh, <laughs> has your head just been spinning looking at this stuff or have you ever seen anything like this in a, in such a short span? No, it's, it's not good for the game. I know that. No, um, no, and I no, think that, I think look. the penalty would have been way worse, except MLB just doesn't know how deep it goes. You know, there's, there's been live TVs. Uh, live feeds, monitors in the dugout, yeah. whatever. Since since I came into the game, that was back in 06. Um, so it's, you know, if they start stripping World Series trophies and stuff, then all of a sudden you find out you have they're to strip like that. six of the last 10. Um, yeah, they're not doing that. They've yeah. never done that. <laughs> no, yeah. I, it's, I, I think it's you got to think about it, though, because, I mean, there's a lot of, I, yeah. I don't know how it even feel, though, if you if you got awarded a World Series trophy, you, you miss out on all the cool stuff, the yeah. parade, the celebrating, the rings and all that, and it's, it's like a consolation prize. It wouldn't feel good for anybody. How about if you're the Dodgers, man? How are you feeling yeah. right now if you're the Dodgers? Two you years in a row. You lost to both of those teams. Yeah. Yeah. You lost to both of those teams, and now we know that the Astros actually used it all the way through the postseason, the sign-stealing scheme they had. Did the did the, the Red Sox, were they doing something similar? Were they just – they were using video to, to – They were using sequences. video. They were using video, yeah, in their video room. And that was strictly forbidden, which is really worse because it can't. They did this after Manfred came out after the seventeen season and said, "Here's what we're not going to be able to. You're not going to be able to use." And they strictly laid it out. They specifically cited, "You cannot use your video room for this." This, and they just ignored it and did it anyway. So, but they were using it to steal signs, or they were just using it to pick the sequences so they could steal them easier if a runner got on second. That's what I haven't gotten clarified. Yeah, I haven't. That, that's not clear. I think we're going to find that out in the report. I'm not entirely clear on that, but because that's a big difference. I, but I, but I think that their punishment could be as bad or, or worse, given that the penalties were or, or that the uh, 
uh, edict was already co- had come down at that point, which it did not before the Astros did it. You know, I mean, it was obviously cheating. The Astros knew it, but it was specifically laid out before the Red Sox did it. So, and Cora, obviously, he was going to get he was going to get uh, <laughs> he was going to get hit with a longer suspension than Hinch because he was involved in not one but both of the incidents <laughs> as the bench coach with the Astros in seventeen and as manager of the Red Sox in eighteen. So. He's that writing was on the wall. Everybody knew that before. Uh, I mean, that was that he was going to get fired, and him and the Red Sox made it as palatable as they could by saying it was mutually agreed upon. And uh, you know, he resigned yesterday before uh, the hammer could come down. He uh, uh, Alex anyway, Cora hey. came up uh, to the plate one year when I was uh, pitching the first game of spring training, and he knew every pitch I was throwing. And that's, Are you serious? That's, yeah, but he just had a tip on me. But I, I, yeah, I think that he, because right. every right. pitch before I threw it, he called it out loud to Rossi. This was 2010. He hadn't even seen me before. Wow. And I think that that, that just becomes like an addiction for guys where yeah. having that edge yeah. and, and there's just, I think guys just don't know where to draw the line. And yep. it was probably just too sweet to pass up to have this video just pointed at the camera and be sitting right down there in the dugout and be able to tell all your hitters what's coming. I think he just couldn't, you know, he just couldn't turn that down. But that's definitely for me, it's crossing the line. I think you made you made a good point. Is is once you've done it, yeah, and you've cheated addictive. a little, and then you find a better way to cheat and a better way, and you're no yeah. longer playing. Yeah. So you don't feel like you're, you know, it's it's a it's a black mark on your performance. So now you're doing it as a bench coach or a manager. I think it's even easier to do it. You know, yeah. If you don't think you're going to get caught. Yep. But. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, before we get on to Donaldson, just to reiterate uh, a point that we've made before, and I saw my buddy Cliff Floyd make it on MLB Network yesterday, because most players have been pretty unambiguous about this. They've come out and said, no, there is a line, because fans are like, okay, where do you draw the line? Cheating if you're not cheating, you're not trying to win, blah, blah, blah. But most players have said, and they know, amongst themselves what is acceptable and not oh yeah and trying to and standing on second base as a base runner and trying to steal signs and give them pass them on to your hitter that's been accepted that kind of thing is an accepted part of the game and it has been forever but doing what the astros and the red sox did is a totally different form of cheating and 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 goes across the line according to every player i've heard talk about it no no i don't think there's any player that thinks it's it's okay there's right. really the thing is is if, if a guy gets on second base you know and you're sloppy with it that's on you but right nobody's ever expected i think it's just the use of technology to steal signs right. uh you know nobody's ever expected you know a camera to be zoomed in and a guy banging a trash can on every pitch and it's just it's one of those things that pretty much every single player is going to agree on that you just don't do um yeah but you know if you don't think you're going to get caught yeah. <laughs> you know it's it's yeah. kind of like a you could be pretty hypocritical, like Mike Fires. He he got a ring out of that, but then two yeah. years later, when he's getting raked by the Astros, he comes yeah. out and and speaks out. But there's there's no player that's going to say, "Oh, you know, it's I don't know how I feel about it." Pretty much every guy says, "If you're using technology to to cheat, then then you're cheating." But if if you're just picking signs at second base, that's why I was asking about the Red Sox yeah. thing because I heard they had just used. Uh, video to to pick the sequences so that they knew the sequence each pitcher used when they got on second base and they could pick them easier. On that one, uh-huh. I'm kind of on the fence because it's not like that secret information anyway. Because guys could write down notes or remember what signs you used last time they were on second base. They just made that a lot easier. But uh-huh. the whole just having a camera zoomed in on the catcher signs, um, 
because you're not expecting that. You know, you're going to use one sign most of the time with with a uh, uh, nobody on base, and that's kind of where you get that huge edge. But I remember McCann was using multiple signs shit since like 16 or 17 because he was so paranoid teams were doing it so that's kind of why I say you don't know how long this has been going on and and the the penalty had to be bad enough that nobody would do it but it couldn't be so bad that they have to just start destroying the game because it's already you know it's already kind of a black eye and ugly thing for baseball yeah I think even if they're doing what you said, just the sequence, is you can't use technology to do it, though. And I think that's the problem. You can't use the video room. You know, here's what I – how do you feel about this? I think they should move the video rooms. There's no reason those need to be next to the dugout. They're not supposed to be. Those should be up in a press box, you know? They shouldn't be able to – and guys should not be allowed – to go back, they should stop this now. Guys going back up to the video. Most guys do it, it's innocuous, and they're just trying to trying to, to better themselves. But yeah. it, it opens up a can of worms. Guys should not be able to go back to these videos. Because all the stadiums now have sophisticated video rooms right by the dugouts. Guys should not be should be disallowed from going back into the, into the video room during a game to look at their bats. Because when they do that, they can start looking at all kinds of other shit too. And if you just prohibit it, so you can't go in there. You do that work before the game and after the game. Look at your previous at bats and what the pitchers. You got to do that work before, but not during the game. And move the video rooms up to the press box, the replay room. Yeah, well, the the replay room you could move up there. And there's, I guess, the, the thing is, is that's the only thing you really need a live feed for. You need a live right. feeds because they have to get that right. that replay phone call in, in in seconds. You know, they have to watch it and tell the manager whether to challenge it or not. So I right. get that being a live feed, but there's really no other reason. Um, to have a live feed anywhere that. in the clubhouse, you and you could there. still you could still have a phone call. Well, you could have the guys at bats up in the clubhouse, and they can go watch that. But there's no reason for it to be a live feed. You know, they could get it 40 seconds after it happens, and and it's not going to make any difference. Right, and then you, but then you got to have the monitors, which they've had the last couple of years, and the Red Sox or the Astros were saying they had those guys in their pocket. In other words, they must have been paying the guys or whatever, or just been making them feel good. You know, buddy, buddy, whatever. They said they had them in their pocket. So it's just all kinds of problems with it, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, that's shady. Yeah, there should be – well, there's never supposed to be any kind of live feed in the dugout or the or the tunnel. They might have yeah. – you know, honestly, they might have just gone to Best Buy and bought some long cord <laughs> because the, the yeah. stadiums won't really allow that or, you know, well, yeah, maybe they, maybe they the, got approved for it somehow. I don't know how they got that there, but, um, you know, we used to have a live feed in the Braves bullpen somehow that was just a live shot of the game. But there's no right. way we could have relayed anything because we were sitting way out in, in a in a room. You know, you would have to run a dead sprint to the outfield wall and throw up what, right. what sign it was. So there wasn't time for that. But even then, it was like one of those things where at Turner Field, we still weren't really supposed to have that. But we liked watching the right. game live. And, and it, you know, it sucked. We There'd be a home run or something on the, on the TV feed, and you'd hear the crowd cheer five seconds yeah. before the TV <laughs> showed it, you know. So we yeah. liked having that live feed, but we weren't supposed to. So it was always kind of something we had to be hush-hush about, even though we yeah. weren't using it in any kind of malicious manner. Um, we'll, we'll, get, we'll circle back to this, but I wanted to get, first of all, the bigger news for the Braves fans, at least right now, is Josh Donaldson. I mean, found out last night, the Bringer of Rain signed a four-year, $92 million deal with the Minnesota Twins. It has a fifth-year option. It'll push the total to $100 million. It's a little less than we had thought he was getting. Uh, but he gets $84 million guaranteed over the first four years of the deal, then a $16 million option that has a fat $8 million buyout. Um, I don't think it's coincidence that the guaranteed part of the deal gives him an exact 
average annual value, $23 million, as was his salary last season with the Braves in a one-year deal with Atlanta, and his salary the previous year with Toronto in this final year of arbitration. So $23 million must suit him well because he's going to be making it into his at least his age 37 season now. What did you think? Were you surprised at all um, that uh, yeah that Minnesota was the was the uh, was the choice? Well, I was I was surprised that that's I thought I thought if it was under under a hundred million, I thought the Braves would be in on him. But yeah, yeah, you know they must have seen something. Maybe the DH helped Minnesota give him that fourth year, yeah. or the you know maybe they offered four. I don't know what the Braves offered, but. You know, a lot of times you you see something, uh, what it takes a guy to get through a year. And, you know, he played a lot. But, yeah. you know, you can be in the training room and see the guy taking 800, milligram, 800 milligrams right. of anti-inflammatories, getting getting worked on by the trainers three hours a day. I and, mean, you know, 7 o'clock he looks great. Right. But um, right. that's kind of – that's one of the advantages you have of having the guy yep. play for you the previous year when you're thinking about a free agent is you have all this inside info on what it, what it takes him to get through the year. So – they must have seen something that they just were not willing yeah. to go to that range because yeah. I thought for I mean I think we talked we talked a couple of weeks ago and I said you know maybe he's got four years eighty five he's trying to get to a hundred and it kind of seemed laughable that that's all he'd have on the table you know you thought he's maybe he'll get a fifth year maybe he's getting a hundred something already mm-hmm. but they must have seen something man they must have seen something that that told them that they think he's gonna you know maybe have a rough backside of this deal and and they weren't willing to go there but yeah i was shocked yeah. i thought i thought under 100 he'd be brave for sure and i'm sure that, well, that he at it. least gave him a chance to match it well yeah yeah and to do it they were going to have to go well beyond what they were comfortable with because that's been as i've said a million times that's been their their priority is to not have dead money any more dead money going forward if they can if they can prevent it at all and there was a good chance that was going to be, if not dead money, then pretty close to it in the you know the final year or two of that deal. If uh, if like you said, they, they they had that was a good point you had. They had such insight into him that other people don't. Not only because they had spent the whole year with him, but the trainers who kept him on the field here this year were the same. A couple of them were the same trainers he had in Toronto, yeah. and he credited them with being able to keep him on the field there and here. So they knew what it took, and they knew what went into it. So, like you said, maybe they didn't think. Maybe they thought it was a good chance he'd break down by the end of that deal, and maybe uh, you know, with twins, there's less of a less of a risk because they got the DH, which yeah, we that, may or DH may not have in the NL by then. Yeah, we the may DH have it, definitely. But we don't know about it. that. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, I don't. You can't bet on it, right? You can't no, bet you there's going to be a DH. Everyone. It nope. sounds like there's going to be, but uh, even if you know his body, even if his hips just blow up on him or something the dude's still going to be able to hit you know he's still going to yeah. be he might not have the same range at third or 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 provide the same value but his bat alone is going to be worth 15 20 so that having his bat be able to be a part of your lineup guaranteed you know with the dh is uh, that's kind of why i think that the twins were willing to do it maybe the braves weren't but he got less than i thought man i mean initially when the offseason started i thought yeah. uh, you know three-year deal was going to be max for him and then as it went on i started thinking damn he's already at four years he might get to five you know maybe he's getting 125 he's going to get a huge contract but it's a good deal for him it's just it's it's something that i thought that you know if it was under 100 i thought the braves would be in on it so they must you know they must have something yeah you know but if somebody had told you you know during a season that he was going to get four years with a chance to get 100 million over five you'd have been like no way at his age and all that, it's the second largest free agent contract ever for an age 33 or older player, and he's 34. Kevin Brown's was the only one larger. 
Well, that's what's weird about JD is he didn't get started in the big leagues till he was 26. Yeah. You know, he got yeah, like because he had arbitration bit, two years ago. Yeah, so he's kind of a weird free agent where he's this yeah. he's an MVP talent, right? And he's still putting up his numbers and he hits free agency. The kind of the, that kind of player doesn't come to free agency ever looking for a three or four year deal because they're normally twenty six to twenty eight. You know, so you'd right. you'd have if he'd been if he'd gotten called up at twenty three or twenty four, you would have had to pay two hundred million to risk these last four years. Yeah. So that's why his yeah. situation was a little different, where yeah. it's a lot more high risk just because of his age, and and you're really you know you're betting on his health more than his performance. I think he's going to keep performing, but uh, yeah, he's he is getting a little older, so yeah, you don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I hated to see him go just because he's fun to have on a team. And for guys, you know, like me, he's great having on the team because he's, he's, he's very interesting, entertaining, and he's fun to write about. Guys want to yeah. read about him, you know? And you like having colorful guys around. Plus, I saw the intangibles that he brought to a clubhouse. They were huge, you know? And that edge he gave the Braves, that edge that is hard to define and quantify, but is definitely there. And people that were around the team said it. Even other players said it. Uh, you know, that it was something that the team lacked before he got there. Maybe they won't lack it now that he's been there. Maybe other guys can step to the fore and do that. Maybe they'll get somebody that has it. But I think they're going to be, right now, I think they're going to be missing that a little bit. But maybe they figure, you know what, if he's not the same player two, three years from now, he's not going to have that same edge if he's not compete, com, you know, contributing every day like he did last year. That's also something to think about. Oh yeah, putting up your numbers and and doing damage that 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 adds to any player's ego and and the energy they bring into the field every day. You know, if he's hitting one ninety three, he's not going to have that edge. And even if you yeah. are, even if you do have that edge and you're hitting one ninety three, it's it's not rubbing off on anybody. You're just an <laughs> asshole. You know, it's are a lot of pinch hitting. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not the same effect. You know, it's it's yeah. got to be a guy yeah. putting up numbers that's acting like that. But yeah, um, I I think yeah, more exactly. than anything, like, you just have day. to. Yeah, if you're if you're a fan or if you're a GM or or teammates and stuff, you have to get over the idea of replacing JD because he's yeah. just a he's just a one of a kind yeah, different type of guy, and you just have to move on to Plan B. And once you get off the fact of trying to replace him, um, it's it's not that daunting to put a really good lineup out there this year. It's just that that yeah. mindset of having to have that same guy behind Freddie's kind of yeah. you know you're not going to have that. I don't think it's out there. Here, here's another thing too that we have to consider. I know it was frustrating watching. Uh, Austin Riley, you know, in the second uh, half of the season. But people have to remember what he did in his first six weeks up because he wasn't just good. I he remember. was phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. And you don't see that kind of performance from many players when they first get up. It wasn't just for a week or two. It was for six weeks. He just dominated. So it's obviously there. And if he can make the adjustments, I mean, it is there. He showed it's there. And Chipper Jones said that he thought he could be a plus, an above average defensive third baseman too. So you you got to be a little leery if you're a GM of of uh, you know you could always stash him in the outfield until then. But if you do that, then you're blocking you know one of your guys, Waters or Pache, uh, and you have to trade one of those guys. So there's no easy answer, but you have to kind of be leery of trading Austin Riley and having him go somewhere. Just what if, yeah. what if those first six weeks are an indication of what he can be? Can you imagine a guy like that for a decade being a 30 home run guy and you traded him because well, it happens all know, the time. That's why teams yep, are so does. afraid to trade prospects. It's, it's yep. more about, you know, trying not to get burned than actually, you know, knowing what you're going to get. It's, it, and with him too, yeah. it's, it's like you said, that 
those first six weeks, I I didn't know how I would have even tried to pitch him. You know, he he looked yeah he looked unpitchable. He was on every pitch. He was laying off tough sliders, and then then he just kind of got caught in between and, and got stuck in that you know typical big league slump that that can really humble you really quick in, in the in the highest level. But um, I think between him and Camargo, you got to figure at least one of them is going to be serviceable next year because they've both shown yeah. real flashes of. Um, and Camargo did it for as a regular in 2018. Yeah. You know, if he comes yeah. in shape, he did it. He showed he could do it every day. Play third base. You know, he's not going to hit a ton of power, but he can hit you 15 to 25 homers. Yeah, and he's got a great arm, so he's he's good yeah, at the corner over there. He didn't show. Um, he didn't play great D last year, but he he did the year before when he was in better shape. So I think he just. Yeah, I think Camargo. He's just got to realize nobody gives a shit, you know. Sometimes your first year in the big leagues, you just you kind of you yeah. get a sense of entitlement, and then you know you think yeah. you're here now, and then the league humbles you, and the game humbles you, and and nobody cares, man. You you got to put up your numbers, or, or you're going yeah. back to AAA, or you're getting sent down, or you're not playing. So for him, I think it's it's big to see kind of how he shows up this year, and if he shows up in shape, like you said, it's he could have a huge year and 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 be the guy that everybody expects him to be. I think it was a good sign when he got sent down last year and yeah. he came back. He came back a different guy. He played really. He played well when he came back. So maybe that humbled him a little bit. Maybe it was a slap in the face. Wake him yeah, up. Yeah, you need but, that wake up call. You know, just going back to Riley one second. You were. I think it's you know it's, you, you said people are hard. It's hard to trade guys like that that you think might haunt you or whatever. I think it's even harder too to trade guys who have an 80 type skill, 75, 80 skill. And yes. Riley does with the raw power, top of the chart skill. It's like trading Angleton Simmons. To me, you don't do it because he's 80 defensively. You know, you don't trade Craig Kimbrell when you did, because he's an 80 with yeah. the fastball, with the slider. Well, that's, you know, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to let go of any prospect, but I think at this point now you're going to have to, you know, if you, if you want to replace um, yeah. you got to oh, put yeah. somebody in the four hole. So it, that's the whole game of being a GM. 80. No, yeah, no. You're not, and you're not trading guys that are 80. But know, everybody wants an 80. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's how you yeah. get Chris Bryan or Nolan Arenado, somebody like right. that, is you got to give up an yeah. 80. Yeah. I'm just, there are not too many of them, though. You know, the Braves have had only a couple of three in the last couple of years. They had, obviously, Acuna was top of the charts in, in, in three or four skills. Uh, and, and Albies was you know, close and, uh, you know, and Soroka was, and then Riley was with his power. So those are guys that, you know, you, you could have said at least one or two different of the skills would rate it at the top of the scale or very close to the top. So they've got other guys who like waters, for instance, he's a really good prospect, but he's not 80 in anything. You know what I mean? He's just a really good all around prospect. So anyway, and, but Pache on the other hand, is an yeah. 80 defensively. Right, yeah. So, I don't know. I'm glad I'm not a GM. Yeah, cuz that's the whole game. It's just yeah. <laughs> you know, just yeah. That's it's nice you got to you got to have good scouts and good people kind of, you know, analyzing their character and, yeah. and everything about them, but you know, everybody's everybody's afraid to get burned on prospects now. It's you that's be why they're so to, valuable. You know, Dave Dombrowski was willing to, say, to get Yeah. Yeah. He went for it. Dave Dombrowski traded away a lot of damn good prospects, but look at him. He had a hell of a career as a GM. I would too. <laughs> you know, I'd, yeah. I'd burn some, I'd burn some franchises to the ground and a couple of them, you know, we'd win a world series, but it'd, it'd be, I wouldn't get caught in the middle, you know, as a GM, hey. I just I'd either all in or or all out. Antopoulos did it, you know, I mean, he traded away guys like Syndergaard, but uh, yeah, he lived to tell it. 
I think it I think it uh, informs his decisions now. Yeah. Particularly with the, the with his team with a kind of self-mandated payroll, give it say what you want about their payroll, but it is what it is. And and if if he knows what it is, then you know, he's got to man he's got to do his work accordingly. So Anyway, now the Braves are left searching for a bat that at least compares with what Donaldson brought to the middle of the order. Um, and unless they're changing course due to the you know some urgency, and from what I'm told, they don't feel like they're in a bind, but they're going to say that because they don't want you know teams to think that they gave up any leverage they have, but or that that those teams have leverage on them. But I, I just don't see them parting ways with the the number of prospects it would take to get an Arenado or the smaller but still really substantial load of talent it would take to get Chris Bryant, who still hasn't yet to have his grievance ruled ruled on. That's going to be in the next two weeks probably before we know whether he has the two years of control we think he'll have before free agents, or if it's one. If he wins his grievance, it's only going to be one year. So, But until he, that's decided, he can't be traded, obviously. But uh, I... I just don't know, you know, and, and again, the Braves could do about face. They, you know, they might be saying one thing and, and do another, but there's enough concerns about, you know, Bryant's defense. Not that it's bad, but it's just not real good anymore. And uh, Arenado, you know, the, as they opt out after 2021, which he's probably not going to exercise, but he could. He could do Strasburg if he has two big years, you know. Um, but he's going to take a boatload of, of, uh, of, of prospects regardless. Uh, just because, and, and deservedly so, the Rockies aren't going to trade their franchise guy that they just gave a huge extension to a year ago without getting a lot of prospects. Plus, you're going to take on a huge contract if you get him. So, I don't know. Do you do you see them doing either of those deals? Has anything changed? You think with Donaldson gone? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's yeah. Uh, you wanted Donaldson back, you know, and that 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 would have yeah. been my focus. And and maybe they maybe they thought. JD's agent was bluffing with the deal to the twins. You know, you never know. And then he, then, then they take it or whatever. But, um, I, you know, I like those guys. And, and like I said, you can't, you can't try to replace Donaldson. You have to just, you have to move on and kind of have a new identity as a lineup because that was such a great fit having him behind, um, Freeman. Um, you know, as a pitcher, there's just certain guys have this, you could feel their energy when they're in non deck circle. And you know the how bad they want that hitter in front of in front of them to walk or get a single or something so they can come up and do damage and, and you can feel that energy where they you know they want a part of this yeah. situation and other guys you can tell they don't you know they're hoping that the guy in front of them gets a big hit or something but JD was one of those guys that just has this presence even in on deck circle you know he's coming up to do damage you know he wants the big moment so I I just I thought that helped Freddie so much last year getting pitched to differently and and having somebody really well respected behind him. Um, Chris Bryant, man, he's, he's a stud too. So if he's on deck, you know, you're going to pitch to Freddie, uh, Ozuna, Arenado, all these guys are, are studs, but they're, for me, they're just not quite, uh, like JD Arenado would be my top pick obviously, but he's going to take the most, you're going to have to give up the most to get him. So, and Ozuna and, and Castellanos, while they have the bats, yeah, obviously, both of them are defensive liabilities at that point. Ozuna's not terrible defensively, obviously. He used to be really good, though, and he used to be a center fielder. He's not anymore. And he's probably below average defensively. Um, and he's going to have a big contract, too. He's going to get overpaid because there's only him and Castellanos left, and there's two or three big-money teams that still need bats, and the Cardinals might bring him back. Castellanos is a defensive liability. I mean, he's more of a DH to me, but, you know, he is gives you a big bat, obviously. How old is uh, Ozuna? I'm cheers when I'm told the— I'm told, huh? 
How old is Ozuna? Oh, yeah, he's he's got to be, what, 30 see. now? And he's going to get a three- or four-year deal. Uh, Marcel Ozuna, hold on, let me tell he's you. He's 29. He's he's 29. 29. So, yeah, he'll get a three- but, or four-year deal. I'm told Camargo and Riley, they really are comfortable with them competing for third base. So they don't necessarily need to go to get a third baseman because it's tough to get a third baseman to fill that hole in the lineup now uh, offensively. It's easier to get an outfielder. Yeah. Um, I to me, we've mentioned those guys: the Ozunas, Castellanos, obviously Bryant, uh, Arenado at third. To me, and the guy I keep coming back to, and I know he had the you know I think a, a, a PED thing at one point, but the guy I keep coming back to is Starling Marte of the Pirates. He's available. I wrote about him a little bit today in my Donaldson story, but just to reiterate some of the stats I had in that story, this is a guy who just turned 31 in October. It's a former All Star former two-time Gold Glove winner who can still play out any outfield position, including center field, which he played last year, and play it well. He had 43 homers and 60 stolen bases in 277 games during the past two seasons. So he missed a little time each year, but he still had over 20 homers each year. That's 60 stolen bases. There's another dynamic you add to a team that's already runs well. Last season, he hit 295 with a 342 OVP. And get this, because this is important. He is He's owed only 11.5 million in 2020 he has a 12.5 million dollar team option in 2021 that has a 1 million dollar buyout i mean in so many ways that fits exactly the kind of guys Braves look for guys that are on expiring contracts guys that have an option you know could keep two years of control but yeah. you're talking about him making if they kept him both years he'd make 24 million which is Brian's going to make like eight, 17, 18 million this year in arbitration. He already did that. He already worked out a deal with him. And then he's going to make probably 24 next year in the last year of that deal alone. So you're talking about a guy making twice as much as you'd pay Marte. And I know, I know one of those years is, is skewed because Bryant was hurt and missed about 50 games, but he has less war over the last two years than, than Marte does. So I don't know. To me, Marte just seems like a really good fit. And a guy that can play center field, so you could trade into Enciarte at some point, whether it's in the spring or after he restores his value, and you could still keep Acuna in right. It just to me, it makes a lot of sense. And I know the Pirates have been are a lot more prone to trading a guy and not asking for an overpay than are say the Cubs or the Rockies. Where was he hitting in the Pirates lineup? Was I think he was hitting? He like hit the third last year, oh, mostly. Third? Okay, but. He's hit throughout, and I looked this up today. He's look, he's hit throughout the lineup in his career, but I was kind of surprised that uh, how much he had hit in the uh, in the cleanup spot. He's had really? 495 career plate appearances in the cleanup spot. Get this, <laughs> I couldn't believe the average 330 average in the cleanup spot with an 879 Damn. OPS. <laughs> so I mean, he's not the power guy that uh, Donaldson is, obviously, but he's a hitter. He's an all around hitter. And he's a right-hander who killed right-handed pitchers last year. Well, he's a guy, too, that you look at and shit. Left center field at uh, PNC is like 410. You know, yeah. it's it's not a big yeah. power park for uh, right-handed hitters. It's hard to do damage there. So he's a guy that could benefit from coming to – what's the name of the stadium now? Uh, I can't. I've, <laughs> That's another topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the old SunTrust Park. Truest uh, Park. Truest Park. Let's just say the stadium. The name of the stadium is not Hank Aaron Field at Truest Park, which it should be. <laughs> it's Truest yeah. Park. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what the nickname is going to be, but he's a guy that could could benefit from coming to Atlanta's new stadium and and 
yeah you know hitting, hitting in that park that's a little bit more yeah a little bit that's more friendly that's what they're going to call it yeah it'll work oh yeah um, fans are going to call it the tp which will drive which will drive the yeah, sponsor crazy that's going to be fun <laughs> <laughs> and will be politically incorrect if yeah. some people in the view of some people which I'm glad since they, was, they insisted on going with Truist Park. I'm glad they'll go with the TP. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The chop uh, house at the TP. Fans yeah. doing the chop at the TP. <laughs> yeah. And the go war ahead and just Log off of Twitter for the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so anyway, that's just, I, you know, I haven't heard Marte. I mean, but they're not, you know, the Braves are really hush hush on this. They're not going to, they're not giving you uh accurate info when it comes to who they might trade for and and that's just the way they do business but Marte to me checks a lot of boxes yeah given that they don't want to give up a ton of prospects they don't want to take on huge contracts you know they don't want to overpay um so we'll see we'll see but uh it's gonna be interesting you know we go from I thought they may have the roster settled with by signing Donaldson, and you know then they would just worry about picking up maybe another starting pitcher during spring training and a couple of bench bats. But now you got a major need going in between now and spring. I don't think you have to, you can go into spring without filling that. It's not one of those roles you can fill during spring training. You certainly ideally don't want to have to do that. The only other possible option for me is if Acuna's ready to hit in the four hole. Yeah, because because well, he, he has can. the power, he can. He and- can. And you're not going to want to see him, you know, if, if he's behind Freddie, you're going to pitch to Freddie. But I yeah. I don't know if he's ready. And he did so well in the leadoff spot. I mean, I wouldn't exactly. be afraid to give it another shot early and see if it worked. But It'll work because he can hit anywhere. But I just yeah. guys, there's something about him, his personality, his aggressiveness, that he's just so good in that leadoff spot. He scares the hell out of pitchers, too. Yeah. They know they well, make that first pitch mistake. The first pitch of the game is gone. Yeah, he puts the pressure on you right away. I think he's great in the leadoff spot, but it's it's yeah. just an option. Marte that, can also hit leadoff too, though. I looked that that's up. That's what too. I'm saying. When when you talk yeah. about getting Marte, I'd almost rather have Acuna in the yeah. four hole and bat he's him leadoff. Speed guy too. But, Marte like like Acuna is a speed yeah. guy, so you'd have you still have that speed dynamic with him and Ozzy Albies at one two. I think three that of your first four great. would be burners. Oh man, can you imagine that? You wouldn't want that's to deal with the that one thing you know. Not that Josh was slow, but he you know his, he wasn't going to run a lot. No. Not going to risk it. So to have three guys that can that can that can still get you twenty five to thirty five bags, you know, or more in Acuna's case, that that would be something in this day and age that would make you different than other teams. So Angels used to have something going like that, and it worked really well for them. They didn't have the power, but they had Reggie Willits, Chome Figgins, and yeah, one other, I think Ibar. Yeah. They had all they had those three yeah, guys in their in their top in the top four of their lineup, and they were just going first to third, stealing second. I mean, it was just chaos on the base pass. It was a different. Uh, dynamic than you're used to as a uh, as a pitcher, and it really played off well for him. So, you know, if if they got Marte, that speed would definitely you could you could use that to your advantage in a way that that really threw the other team's pitching staff yeah, off. Bryant's going to clog the bases up there. He's not he's not a he's not a, a burner as far as that. I mean, he can run for a big guy, but you know, yeah, but um, he's got the power, so it's just a trade off. Oh yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a hitter. There's no, he's a slugger. Um, but yeah, you were going to the speed though, especially in this day and age, because that's the way teams were built back in the '80s. You know. You get that running dynamic this day. There's guys, pitchers, and other teams just aren't used to that. They're not so I used think to that it. Makes it even, that makes it even more of a factor if you can do it. It's a new angle. It'd be a different angle for yeah. these guys that are the big power throwers. They're not used to having to hold runners and stuff. So it'd be a di- yeah. little different look for them. Um, just getting back to the uh, to the seismic scandal that uh, that uh, enveloped our, our sport in the last couple of days. Um we were we were talking about the Astros 
you know, people a lot because there were a lot of people, especially Braves fans, who looked at the the uh, copy lifetime ban and the loss of uh, you know thirteen prospects and and especially the uh, prohibiting the Braves from from taking part in the internet. The Braves lost that many. They got Damn. all them stripped. I didn't realize it was that agents. many guys. They were low-level guys, you know, 16, 17-year-old oh, okay. guys. And so far, uh, none of them have turned into top prospects. A couple of them were supposed to. They haven't yet. But but nevertheless, it hurts you because those were the guys you'd have in the low-level minors right now, and they've got a glaring weakness in the low-level minors now. All the Braves' top prospects are in the upper minors now just about. They have a couple of guys. that. But the the, the, the thing is – they haven't been able to participate in the free agent market for the last couple of years, and they still won't for another year or two. Damn. And that's that's where it's really going to be a hole in their minor league system because those are the those are the guys that would be filling those spots now, you know. And and, and really, I mean, there's there's no other way to to really kind of replicate that. You can't just do it with draft. You're not going to hit on all those draft picks to you know come up with this. So that's where they're going to be hurt. So far the Braves haven't been killed so people kind of forget about how severe those penalties were, but they're going to get hit with those when those low level minors guys that would be there now are not there. So a lot of people think that, you know, Braves fans especially think that the Astros got off relatively easy. You know, uh the 5 million dollar fine is nothing, but that's the maximum allowed by the MLB constitution. But, you know, that's Jim Crane can find that in his sofa cushions. Um the four draft picks, you can't really dismiss that because that's a that lot. Hurts. Even if you're picking at the back, even if you're picking at the back of the draft, that still hurts because you don't get that money back either. You know, the slots. And oh, you can't spend you know, it. Yeah, I think yeah, the draft four, picks are probably the thing that hurts the most. But still, four of them. Four of you know, them. Like, two years. So. They've been so good. They're picking at the bottom of the first round anyway. If if they had like a top five pick two years in a row. Yeah. If they're doing their rebuilding process right now and they miss the draft picks, it, it yeah. hurt them a lot more. Um, and you're obviously four weeks out from spring training. You're without a, you're without a manager and a general manager. Uh, you lose one of the best young managers in the game in AJ Hinch. So, I mean, I don't think it was a small matter, you know, that the, I mean, it's not like they, I, I don't think it was a slap on the wrist. You could argue that maybe they should have lost more, but MLB is not going to strip them of postseason wins. They've never done that. It's, it opens up a whole different can of worms. And a lot of people also said, why come the players weren't uh, penalized? Well, that's complicated. But when it comes to, as you know, number one answer is probably how powerful the union is. Yeah. <laughs> that the, the MLB don't want to open up that, especially with, with the relationship there is right now with the union. But Manfred – for better or worse, told him when this investigation started, he told the team, I'm going to penalize management. I'm not going to hold players accountable. You guys should be feel like you can be candid with me. And he told them that, and they were candid. They said all, all that happened. So you can't go back after the fact and say, okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to suspend this guy and this guy. And then you got to ferret it out and figure out, okay, who did what? Who did it more? Who was, you know, and it would be really difficult yeah. to do it. And not face all kinds of grievances and all that. So they just, you know, did a blanket thing and basically gave them immunity. Well, yeah, um, if they didn't give the players immunity, they're not getting any info, which right, I don't know. I, I hope right. that the players didn't rat out their manager. And Well, they kind of you know did I mean? because I saw, I saw <laughs> a quote ugly saying, too. somebody said at least, guy said, if Hinch had told us to stop, we would have. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. That's, that's weak. Yeah, and that was kind of his his stance was well, I didn't, you know, I 
I told him they shouldn't do it, and I broke a TV monitor right. once. But I also, I think he kind of knows. Like, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't crack down on it hard enough because they were winning. You know, it's it's yeah. <laughs> they got a World Series out of it. Nobody was too mad. But the thing about penalizing players is then you start getting finger pointing going on, and and then it yep, just yep, it could yep. it, it just go out through the whole league. You know, well this guy was here in '16 and he started it. Holy shit! What he do when he went to the Yankees, or what he do when he and you're went penalizing to, their team, their current teams if you suspend yeah. guys. I mean, so yeah. it just gets it's just complicated. It's not like college, man. You know, it's not, this is a whole different thing. Uh, but you brought this up. We talked off. We were talking off air about Beltron, and the Mets are in a really sticky situation here. I think if if they were another certain other teams that maybe are a little more view themselves as a little more squeaky clean or whatever, I think he'd already been fired. And the Mets just might say, "We've been through you know burning Madoff. We've been through burning Madoff for God's sakes. We don't care about put this. it on our tab. We're not losing this guy. We think this is our manager. It could be a great one. So we're not, we don't care. We'll take the hit. Yeah. But man, they're going to take a hit if they don't do anything because Beltran was he and. Cora were to the two guys specifically cited. Cora as bench coach, but Beltron as the ringleader among the players in this operation. His well, name he, was all over the report. He was a player though, so he's got to be in the clear yeah. just just based on right, that. Right, exactly. But, I, but but the Mets, you know, had, know his name was all over the place in that report. They don't care, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, they're not like the Red Sox already dumped Cora. <laughs> yeah, they're used to this shit. They're they're wrapped up in something every year, so they're just they'll just let this one die down. They'll have their manager. I think I think the Astros too, and people might poo-poo this, but that that and and say that they got their ring. Some I've already heard some other managers, some other owners around baseball or, or presidents, team presidents say, why do they care? Jim Crane got his World Series. They won. They made hundreds of millions of dollars off of that. Uh, they're not going to strip them of that banner. But that 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 uh, World Series championship is forever stained in the view of everybody outside of some Astros fans. And whenever it's written about or talked about, most of the time it's going to be that's the team that had its manager and its general manager suspended afterwards for a scandal, a sign-stealing scandal uh, that that led to all kinds of penalties. I mean, it's it's not that's not going to go away. So there is something to that. And a lot of people are going to look at it as maybe the Dodgers should have won. Uh, so that's, yeah, I don't think, no small matter. The Seven Red Sox series, right? The Red Sox have other World Series. They won other recent World Series, so they can say, you know, screw yeah. it. We we did it without the the Astros. Don't that's their thing. Well, it, the other side of Seven it game is Seven Game Series. Yeah, the other Seven side of it series. is who knows who else has been. I, you just don't know how deep this thing goes. Right. It's I've not seen it's, eight or nine other teams. Yeah. I've seen that figure. We're, we're, we're doing not some form of sign stealing. You're banging on a trash can. It's not like this was some sophisticated CIA operative agency. You know, it's a crazy operation. <laughs> well, it was just a camera and it a was garbage can. Sophisticated until you got to that piece of it. <laughs> for baseball, but for you know, for life, anybody yeah. could set this thing up. I mean, you could. Oh, yeah. You could get a, a, a Wi-Fi connected camera and a trash can and. Yeah. and yeah. You, you could relay stuff all day. It's not like it's that hard to set up. So there right. could be, there could be, you know, 15 teams that were doing it. And I'm sure it's tempting for everybody to know what pitch is coming. And, and if it's that simple, I mean, every single stadium has a live feed in there and a camera zoomed in on the, on home yeah. plate. So I just, I think that's why the penalty wasn't harsher because it's just, especially yeah. with players, like if you start suspending right. a player that did it, 
Okay, well, you better get to the bottom of all players that did it. And you might right. all of a sudden you suspend eight or nine different teams. You go start suspending seventy three players. It's going to be worse than steroids, you know. So yeah. you you kind of want to suspend the pitchers, you know, if they hit and they used it ever, <laughs> I mean, or just you suspend guys that knew it was happening and didn't talk. Right. It's, it's exactly. Do you the suspend, depth of it's uh, just you just want it to stop. Cole. Yeah, Garrett Cole. There Garrett you go. Cole? <laughs> and then the Yankees Verlander, miss out on their ace. Verlander, Mr. Virtuous, has always got a comment about everything. He comments about everything. I mean, <laughs> I haven't quiet. seen him comment on this yet. I haven't seen yeah. any of the Astros comment on this yet. And, I'm, and I understand why, but it looks pretty bad if you talk about all the time like they do, guys like Bregman. And you haven't said a word always yet saying about something. this. You know, nope. Because <laughs> you're going to have There's to no. say it when spring training opens. You're not. Go- yeah. You ain't going to be able to say on day one of spring training. We're not talking about the sign stealing thing. That won't fly. And well, I'm, I'm kind of, and I'm kind of disappointed that nobody's come out and said, we "You did know, it. I'm sorry, AJ got fired. It's our fault. We did it." But nobody's even said that. You know? Yeah. I, I wonder if I mean, they got kind nothing of a to lose by saying that. I, I wonder I, if that was well, the league's I, terms I, for I, they. They might. But they you, should, you know, somebody should say, "Screw it! It's our fault." AJ got AJ took the brunt of this, but we it was we did it. They said the opposite. They said if he told us to stop, we would have. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's not good, man. If I'm AJ Hinch, I'm like, thanks a lot, guys. Everybody said I was such a players manager. You loved me. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I yeah, think he learned. Somebody somebody pointed out he learned in his previous managerial stint about. Uh, losing a clubhouse or whatever, and that he might have gone been over backwards in this instance not to Maybe. stop it because yeah. he did have such a great relationship with the players, and it might have ended up biting him in the ass. I don't know. I mean, I remember being on one team. I won't name them, but I was on a team that was trying to put something like that together one year, and a, and a coach caught wind, and they shut it down immediately. Uh-huh. They just, you know, we are not doing that. That's not who we are. So, I, you know, I think that's probably why nobody feels bad for anybody that's getting penalized or suspended or whatever's happening this year because right. a lot of right. guys in the league do have that um, right. that code, you know, and and they won't yeah. cross that line and there's certain things they won't do and and that's why it's looked down upon so heavily because almost anybody could do it and nobody has, you know, yeah. or maybe everybody has. I don't know, but it's something <laughs> Not that to this degree though, yeah, we all agree, you know, in baseball, pretty much all players agreed that that was crossing the line and everybody kind of knew that. So even letting it take part, I think you got to wear a big. Uh, brunt of that that uh damage there just you know we we know that it was going on and didn't say anything um that you got to take some accountability and he did he's he's gone and it's in some ways it's kind of uh there were similar circumstances in some ways to the steroid to the whole steroid thing too and i wish at the time there had been a commissioner that was in position committed to doing this to dropping the hammer like he did on this sign stealing thing, because if they hadn't let the steroid era go on so long, they got all caught up in what it was doing for baseball. Right. So said McGuire saving the game and all this. If the, you know, if when this first came out, uh, uh, you had a, 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 the commissioner that was ready to get to the bottom of it and stop it, it could have been stopped a lot, lot sooner. And we wouldn't have that, that stench of that era hanging over the game. Well, how many teams have been emulating the Astros the last few years? You yeah. know, the the rebuild thing is just going off. Everybody's trying to do the rebuild thing. 
and you yeah. find out they were cheating. You know <laughs> what? If, yeah. You know what I mean? It's it, maybe that strategy doesn't even work, and and there's six teams out there just burn their franchise to the ground, thinking they could do the same shit. <laughs> right? I mean, it, that could happen. Oh man, that would be horrible if it did. If, it, if we find out it did have that. Rebuilds don't impact. work. They were just cheating. <laughs> you know, these fan bases um, don't get to go to the playoffs for nine years now. Have, you know, it, have you it seen could, the gear that's already out there? The Houston asterisks t-shirts and hats and that no, Houston trash throws that have a trash can lid on, in the logo. There's all kinds of stuff out there, man. <laughs> They're not going to yeah. live this down for a long time, especially no, among think, their rivals. No. Yeah. And it's, I think just now it's like, it just has to stop as long as, as long as everybody gets the message that if we even catch wind yeah. of you doing that, you know, and if anybody does it now after this period, it's got to be right. twice as hard. It's like, there's just got to be lifetime bans left and right. Because it just yeah. it's so bad for the game. It's such an ugly thing to be talking about two two World Series and yeah. possibly the teams cheated and, and didn't earn it. You know, it's it's ugly for the game. So if you're running the show, you got to make it. If it happens again after this, it has to be just death penalties everywhere. And you know, the penalties going forward would be even worse. Um, what do you think? Because I because I disagree with those who say that the penalties weren't severe enough to be. Uh, to to stop people from doing it going forward. I think they were because even though players weren't penalized, the manager and general manager lost their jobs and going forward, because they could not have done this operation without the manager knowing what was going on. Not not to mention the bench not coach was helping trash lead can. it. <laughs> the bench coach was helping lead it. So in yeah. going forward, if a manager and a general manager know they're going to get fired, you know, suspended and or fired for this. They're gonna put it. They're not gonna let it happen and fester and keep going on all season like it did. So I think in that respect, this is going to be an impediment. Or, 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 yeah, uh, it's going to prevent people. It's going to make people uh, think about it twice. And players aren't just going to be able to run their their this thing all season without their GM GM or their manager stepping go, stepping up and going, no, we can't. We're not doing this. You know, it ain't happening. Yeah, guys keep taking steroids too, though. You, know, you, you there's yeah, always guys that do. are willing yeah. to risk it and and just oh, not absolutely. care because especially if they don't think they can make it otherwise right because the result or the reward is just too high you know world series yeah. something like that i think that you know if you felt like you had an operation that just Team could not them. yeah it's just it's got to be it's got to be so harsh after this i i think that yeah. if if you're the commissioner you you hold all the you hold a meeting with all the teams and just explain like hey we did let them off a little light because there wasn't really a precedent for for this but if if it happens again, I'm, everybody's gone. You know, it's from top to bottom. I'm going to fine, release, fire, suspend everything I have to do to make sure that this. So it, you have yeah. to pretty much say it's going to be way worse next time if I find out this is going on. It's just got to be something that's completely. Yeah, it's a cautionary tale. I think it'll. I think it'll work. I, I just. Yeah. You're not going to be able to run a system like that without your manager knowing, getting wind of what's going on. I mean. And mo- no manager's going to have a bench coach that's doing that behind his back and not telling him, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, you can't really bang a trash can without – I mean, do, why is these <laughs> yeah. assholes just keep hitting that trash, trash can? <laughs> the guy's three for four today, and he's down there in the tunnel just smashing a trash can every 30 seconds. So I think, that, you know, like something like that you couldn't really pull off. But if two players get together and right. just right, have right. their own yeah, little yeah. system, you never know. I wouldn't be for, you know, I would have been in the past said like, no way, but I, I don't know if there's, you know, the, the communication equipment is so sophisticated now, so small that I wouldn't be opposed to, if they have to, having a catcher and a pitcher wear small earpieces to communicate, you know? I mean, they're they so small. Teams I mean, might do and, that and anyway. And they do it in football. Them. You yeah. do it in football. 
So yeah, and then know, Astros hack your your wavelength or something, and <laughs> they know they don't even yeah, have to. Play, yeah, you could give them the choice if they want to use it. I think there'd be a lot of guys that would. You know, if you could communicate with your catcher. Well, that's the biggest that. thing about it. It also might speed up the game. The guy didn't have yeah. to come out and talk to you and put his glove in front of his face and look like an idiot. Well, that's the worst part about this whole thing is it's an inconvenience. You know, it's right. the reason that you use one sign with nobody on is because it's so much easier and faster. Well, you know, you yeah. don't, you get a runner on second base, you have to do all these signs. You shake, you have to go through a whole nother sequence. It's it's one of those things uh-huh. that you're just making the game harder. Yeah. Not not even from yeah. a standpoint of getting hitters out or something. You're just making it more complicated and, and drag out longer. You know, you want to just be able to put a sign down and throw the damn ball and keep it moving. So I think that's another reason that you know that the harsh they're going to come down with harsh penalties anyway, or, or like they did, is because you don't want this shit to drag out where every team's got to use multiple signs all the time, yeah. like they've been doing the last few years. Man, that, few things annoy a, a home crowd more than the visiting team no. pitcher shaking off the catcher repeatedly, and yeah. then then calling timeout and the two of them talking. That just yeah. annoys the home crowd when it's the other team. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. Okay, before we wrap it up here, I wanted to talk to you. Get you, you mentioned this before the new ballpark, <laughs> the new ballpark name, not new ballpark, same ballpark. It's only three years uh, old. Even even Atlanta doesn't go through ballparks that quickly. But uh, SunTrust uh, merged with BBT a year ago uh, last summer, became Truist, T R U I S T, which I mean, uh, I don't want to throw people under bus, you know, but marketing people, but good lord, that's a terrible name. It's for one thing, it's not anything real. They may they came up with the name, but I don't even know what it stands for or what it symbolizes. <laughs> I don't know what what are you supposed to think of uh, when you hear truest? It just it does, it sounds ridiculous. But anyway, the only thing worse than that name is naming the ballpark truest park. It's, and that's what they did. <laughs> if someone told me they were the truest, I think they were lying to me. <laughs> it's like it just sounds like a stretch, but <laughs> I'm the tr- it's true, true. Somebody said like that a rapper. So I'm just the truest yeah, out here. Truest, that is like a rap name. I'm the truest MC on truest. these streets. <laughs> MC truest. DJ truest. Somebody said you could you could do the uh, tiered seating. You know how they do that for the tiered seating or tiered uh, pricing for games for more appealing games. You could call it true, true, or truest. <laughs> but I just, um, I wonder if it's worth ten million dollars to have to not have a, a, a good stadium name. You know, like it, we're and do people have people mock it like we're doing? Or but why is it, it? And why is it always some random ass brand that wants to what like discount tile warehouse park or something just pops out of nowhere? Guarantee rate field. There's a guarantee rate field in Chicago. You know, is the advertising really worth it? Why don't McDonald's, Amazon, or Coca Cola want their names on these stadiums if it's such a big deal? It's always yep. just somebody popping out of the woodwork. Yep. This just this will put us over the top. This will get my well, business out fun. there. It's airlines and banks for some reason. You know, the yeah. American is everywhere. Uh, Delta's on a few things. Delta Center, that kind. of but it's airlines and banks. I don't know why banks think it's so great, but they are on everywhere. Yeah, banks are you know Citizens Bank in in, in Philly. You know, I mean, they're, they're Chase Field. There's so many City Field, so many banks. It's just I don't know why that do people like think they're going to open an account at Citibank uh, or Truist because of the ballpark. I don't well, know. That's, but anyway, that's what I'm wondering. If they're paying the money, you know. The, Right, and they can name it anything they want to because they paid $10 million a year for 25 years or more than $10 million, a little bit more, I think, for these naming rights. And that's what teams, they sell their soul because they get a lot of money for this. Yeah. But 
I don't know, man. There's still the places that hold out, like Arrowhead Stadium and Can- and Kauffman. It's both cool, in man. City. Turner Field. And it, it just, just happened so to... good, you yeah. know. I just, I think it just, Fenway like you said, Park. it just, it really Fenway just. Park. Fenway, Imagine Wrigley, Truist Classic. <laughs> and maybe, maybe, maybe they build a brand. Maybe in maybe in Dodger twenty years. Stadium. Can you imagine if Dodger Stadium was renamed Yankee SunTrust Stadium. Stadium or or uh, or uh, you know Chase Stadium? Yeah, it'd be horrible. But yeah, there's a nostalgic place, traditional, and you're never going to build that tradition. Obviously, when you keep renaming places because they sell naming rights and banks merge and all this shit. But it's just it's, it reflects was, like it reflects like how much business is just part of MLB just, now, man. And there's just no there's no passion anymore. It's other from, sports too, though, man. It's yeah, like, it's, it's not just many Lambo fields. No, and I I think but, it's just it just shows that you know it's just there's no emotion. It's just you'll pay us twenty three million a year to name our stadium China Life Insurance Field. We'll yep. do it. You know, it's yep. just it's it's kind of crazy. Now I think Miami should just go just go, go all the way though because last year Bang Brothers offered to sponsor the stadium. <laughs> That's what, I was wondering. what the hell, man? If you're gonna sell your soul, then go ahead and do it, Bang Brothers. At I least was wondering it's, that. It's gonna, I, what does that go to the uh, no publicity is bad publicity? Because you're right. going to get a lot of publicity if you do no that shit. one. <laughs> it was, oh, I, you know, SunTrust Park had a nice ring to it at least, you know, but it's like. It I, did because it didn't sound necessarily like a corporate sound forced. thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where, but where Whereas do you draw Truist the line? Truist Park sounds forced. <laughs> it's like you guaranteed know, rate field sounds. You said the worst. Forced. Yeah. Bang, Bang Even Brothers City Park field. doesn't really have a. <laughs> City feels kind of like SunTrust because city in your head, city you don't really nice. nec- you you think it's the big city. You think yeah. so. Your mind doesn't allow you to, initially. You don't think Citibank. <laughs> maybe you you know it doesn't sound that bad, but yeah, truest. What, just, yeah. <laughs> what about but team names? Thought, <laughs> what if uh, I what if could, <laughs> I thought they could have done it? Yeah, who's to stop a team from naming itself like that? What you if know? Uh, what if Kim Jong Un calls up and says, "You know what? I want a team named after me. I'll, I'll give you four hundred million a year to be the Cincinnati <laughs> Kim Jong Uns." <laughs> well, teams will sell the naming rights for ten million, which they'll pay for you know one mediocre pitcher with that. But uh, it's like everybody's looking for every dollar they can in yeah. revenues because they want to make as much as they can, and they, and the players' salaries go up, and the prices go, everything goes up, up, up. Yeah. You know. So where's the end? I don't know, but um, that, you get a GoFundMe uh, going and name your own park I, if you're a fan base. <laughs> GoFundMe Stadium, but um, yeah, <laughs> I, the fans could do a GoFundMe to, to have the naming rights stripped. But um, I just like what the Oakland did. Uh, somebody asked me when I said it should be. I said it should be Hank Aaron Field at, Tru- at Truist Park. That way, yeah. Truist could get so much. They could engender so much goodwill among fans that I think it would more than offset anything you lost in some broadcaster not saying Truist Park. Maybe the broadcaster says Hank Aaron Field instead once in a while. So right. what? You know, so many people would think so highly of you because Oakland did this a couple of years ago. They renamed theirs Ricky Henderson Field at whatever the stadium's called now, but it's Ricky Henderson Field. Oh, really? Because everybody I mean, still just calls it the Coliseum. Right, but it's Ricky Henderson Field. So I didn't know that. Yeah, Hank Aaron Field, man, would be – you could put it on everything. And, I mean, there's only a few players that have that kind of stature, especially living players like Willie Mays. Right. You know, and the Giants could do that too, Willie Mays Field at Oracle Park. But, you know, the Braves uh, – Hank Aaron, you could argue, there, there's nobody more important to an organization and a region, you know, in the South and all that than Hank Aaron is to the Braves. And it just would have been great, I thought. But, you know, 
it didn't happen. So it ain't my money, and I, they can do what they want. They pay. They paid the money. I'm just sitting here telling them what well, they I should s- do with it. But they changed Safeco Field out here in Seattle last year, and it's yep. it's still hitting yep. me, man. I, every time I want to get the directions or anything like that or drive by it, yep. I, I I'm gonna call it safe. That's the other side of it. Is I'm gonna call it SunTrust Park by default for the next four years anyway, just because that's well, that's our original TP. Everyone's gonna call it the TP, huh? They're gonna. It's too easy. Yeah, and Truist should have thought about that when they named it too. You know, <laughs> I don't so think they I'm glad. Did. I'm glad in that respect. I'm glad it's a nice, easy nickname that everybody. TP use, with the Chop but. House and everybody's doing the the tomahawk. Yep. That's gonna be fun <laughs> to deal with. Oh, uh, you know, I used to think. Uh, the, one of those other ones that's a corporate name but doesn't sound bad when when uh what is now Oracle and was previously AT&T Field when it first opened remember what the name of it was cuz i thought it sounded great Pac Bell Pac Bell Pacific yeah. Bell cuz it just worked you know yeah. it worked it was it was indigenous to that region and all that kind of thing so it worked so there are some corporate names that work better than others like for instance if if uh the Brave Stadium was Coca-Cola Field I mean, everybody identifies Coca-Cola with Atlanta. You know, yeah. people in the South do at least. That would work a lot better. But obviously, Coca-Cola didn't didn't feel the need to spend ten million a year to put its name. It, it's kind of big anyway. So, but it wasn't going to put them over the top. No, no. <laughs> they do have sponsor a few minor league stadiums where you know the price of that is hundred bucks. Quarter in the, yeah, compared to the this. But anyway. That was my two cents. I just thought it would have worked. But hey, it's Truist Park, and until there's another bank merger, it's going to stay Truist Park for get 22 more it. years. Yep, get 22 used to years. it. 22 years. Yeah. Unless and, you can get a GoFundMe. another go one me. was Turner Field. Turner Field, because everybody sound. always thought it was named after Ted Turner, but it was actually Turner Network, which was his network. So Yeah. But that was one that worked really well, I thought. But. Yeah, that just had, it's just about that ring to it. Maybe, um, maybe yeah. you just have to say Truist Park a, a lot, and then... It starts feeling feeling right coming oh, off they, the tongue. But if, we'll see. If they could have only got Aaron Rents to to, to be the sponsor, <laughs> you know, Aaron Rents is the furniture yeah. place. <laughs> yeah, they move all our bags when. Yeah, yeah, could have got Aaron Rents, and this that would have been all right. Anyway, all right, that's it. We're wrapping it up. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed it. We'll be back again, and uh, sorry about our two week sabbatical there while we work through things, but we're back, man. 755 is still real. It's going to be real. It's going to get more real as we go forward. And uh, we're looking forward to this year. It's going to be fun. We're going to do a lot of things, get a lot of good guests. Uh, And uh, we appreciate you guys being on board. Yep. See you next week. See you next week. 755 is real. We're out. (laughs) 